This message was recorded at Breakthrough Fellowship in Nungoja. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13. I'm starting on a series called Keys of the Kingdom. Hallelujah. The Keys of the Kingdom. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist. Some, Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Amen. So he first asked, What do people say I am? He said unto them, but whom say you that I am? Hallelujah. There is what people say about you. Then there is what God says about you. Hallelujah. There is what the world says about you. They look at you and they are like, Oh, they look at you. They look at you and they say that one is a failure. They look at you and they say that one is a divorcee. They look at you and they say that one tears But what does God say? What does God say? He looks at you and he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Ay, 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 ay. He looks at you and he says, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Ay, 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 ay. Huh? He looks at you and he says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He looks at you and he says, the very same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you. He looks at you and he says, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Eh? He looks at you and he says, you are anointed. Hmm? He looks at you and he sees great power. He sees destiny. People may say one thing, but what does God say? Amen. This is why we are always in the word. I don't care what people are saying. What I care is what is the word. Is, what is it saying about me? What does it say? I may have some pain right now. But the word says I are healed. Amen. Right now the bank account might look a bit shady. Hmm? But the Bible says he became poor. That I may be rich. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm? I, I may be looking and the prospects look a bit dim hmm? but it says the wealth of the unjust has been laid up for me hallelujah amen they may look at me and they saw hmm? hmm? huh? They're like, he's born again, yeah, but, but this born again thing of yours, ever since you entered it, things don't work. Huh? Eh, but they don't know what the word says. The word says, I wish above 
all things that you may prosper. Even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. My soul is already prospering. Because it's the soul that is saved. Amen. But he says, above all things, I am going to prosper as my soul prospers. It says he supplies all of my need according to his riches in glory. Do you know what that means? He is not supplying according to what's available on earth. No. He is supplying according to his riches in glory. Now, if you need to understand this, think about it this way. There is an entire galaxy. This galaxy has billions upon billions of solar systems. And then it has, each solar system has many planets. And God owns all of it. Hallelujah. All of it. That means there could be an entire planetoid made of gold and it's yours. <laughs> Have you ever thought about it? Hmm? He's not supplying according to what's here on earth. He's supplying according to his riches in glory. He's supplying according to the economy of heaven, not according to the economy of earth. And guess what? Even the word economy is wrong to use. Because economy means there is some economizing somewhere. Scarcity choice and opportunity cost for those who did economics. That's what an economy is based on prioritizing needs. In heaven, they don't prioritize needs. Because there is more than enough supply for all of them anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm building the foundation for where we are going in this series. Amen. This is an introduction. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, and Simon Peter answered. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Bajona. For flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice the father is where? Mm, We'll come back to that one. And I say also unto you that you are Peter. Amen. Comma. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of heads shall not prevail against it. So what is he saying? You see, Those who read this scripture without understanding, they thought that he was saying he's building the church upon Peter. But no, he was speaking about the revelation. The revelation that God had given Peter. What revelation? That he is the Christ. Amen. The son of the living God. And he's saying upon the revelation of the Christ... Upon the revelation of the Christ, the son of the living God, he will build his church. Not Noah's Timber's church. But the church of Jesus Christ. He will build his church on that revelation. And the gates of hell. As long as you have a revelation of who Jesus is. Oh. Amen. So tell your neighbor it starts with the revelation of Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell them again it starts and is founded on 
and is grounded on on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And verse 19 says, and, tell your neighbor, and. and. Tell them again, and. and. You see, and means plus. Huh? Amen. So, the other thing must happen first, then this one comes after. So, he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Now you find something interesting. The original Greek actually says whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. But notice it says, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Meaning, the keys work after you've gotten the revelation of Christ. The problem is we have a lot of people trying to use the keys before they've gotten the revelation of Christ. And what it does is it produces a people whose relationship is all about give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Their revelation of Jesus is give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. And when they want more, they don't want more Jesus. They want more of the things he gives. <laughs> hey? But he says, first you get the revelation. First you are built on the foundation that he is Jesus. It is the reason why from January when we started with, we started with what? Knowing who you are in Christ. And knowing who Christ is that is in you. You know, it's important to know both. Some people get so puffed up with who they are in Christ that they forget the Christ in them. Christ in them, the hope of glory. They start to see themselves as the hope of glory themselves. Because they begin to tell you, Jesus is in me. Therefore, I am Christ. No, you are not Christ. It is him who is in you. And because he is in you, you can do all things. But without him, you can do nothing. The converse is also true. Without him, you can do nothing. Nada. Amen. It is him. You see, we say, as he is, so are we. It doesn't say we are him. As or like, so are we. So again, it is dependent on him. If you disconnect yourself from him, it's no longer. You've disconnected yourself from the flow of life. Hallelujah. When he says, don't you know you are gods? They say, don't you know you are God? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we must know who we are in Christ, but we must also know who Christ is that is within us. When we understand who Christ is, who dwells within us, we don't lose sight of the fact that regardless of how much power he's given us, regardless of how much of his anointing flows in us, regardless of how much of his authority we exercise, he is still Lord. He is still Lord. He is still in charge. Hallelujah. Amen. 
As many as received him, he gave the right to be called sons of God. But none of us became the only begotten. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because the Bible says we are adopted. Hmm? We have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. Hmm. So we are part of the family. No doubt about it. We have the same rights as the other kids. No doubt about it. But there is the firstborn who holds preeminence. Hallelujah. Amen. But notice it says, I'll give you unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't say, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are different. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God is within you. Hallelujah. Jesus actually says it. He says, the kingdom of God does not come by observation. You cannot say, here it is, there it is. He says, but it is within you. Hallelujah. Now, so what happens? The first step when you get the revelation of Jesus, you are getting the kingdom of God. Amen. Only after the kingdom of God is reigning in you, can you then access the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Because you see, in heaven where he dwells, in heaven where God is in control of every single thing, whatever he wills happens automatically. On earth here, it's not the same. People are dying, aren't they? People are in hospital, aren't they? Yeah? People are being oppressed and killed, aren't they? What does that tell you? Here on earth, it is not yet in the place where his will is done regardless. Because here on earth, he decided to delegate all the authority to you and me. To make things happen. Hallelujah. No wonder it is so imperfect. Because it was given to imperfect men. Hallelujah. And then the imperfect man decided to give it away to Satan. Can you imagine? Indeed. No wonder the last Adam comes to restore. So he says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, there's a difference between... You see, there are many keys in, this, in Scripture. There's the key of David. Hmm? You read it in Revelation. He says, and he has the key of David. Now, the, that reference comes from Isaiah, where God is prophesying and saying, I'm going to remove Shebna, and then I am going to give the keys to Hilkiah. There's the key of David. The key of David refers to authority. He says, when he opens, no man can close. When he closes, no man can open. Jesus has the key of David. But the keys of the kingdom, he has made available to us. Hallelujah. He says, if you get the revelation of who I am in you, when you've come to that place of who you are in me and who I am in you, I will grant you. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. What has happened? Because by that time, you've been transformed. Because of the kingdom of God inside you, your desires are aligned to the desires of heaven. Amen. 
Your desires have a life. That's why he says, delight yourself in the Lord. You know, that's where it starts. Eh? And he will grant you the desires of your heart. So that means there is no granting the desires of your heart before you delight yourself in the Lord. Because when you delight yourself in the Lord, his desires become your desires. It's no longer about you. It's no longer about fulfilling the lusts of your flesh. Now, your will, your mindset is aligned to what God wants. And it's easy for him to grant it because it's already in line with his will. The problem comes when we get these things, then we fit them in our lusts. Then we start claiming them. Then we wonder why they're not happening. Because we've missed the critical components. I will never forget, I was sitting in that living room, 2011, somewhere around mid-year there. And I was praying. You know when you've been listening to a lot of faith messages, I was declaring, Father, I thank you. Cars are coming. Houses are coming. We shall have jets. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, Noah, do you know? I don't care what car you drive. Eh, man, that thing hit my theology. Because I thought God wants me to have a nice car. He said, I don't care what house you have. Eh. I said, no, 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 I don't understand. Shut up, you devil. You want to deceive me. And then he spoke very clearly to me. He said, I don't care what car you're driving, but I care who you give a lift. So I don't care what house you're living in, but I care who you house. Then I began to realize something. That the way God does these things is he's saying, here is the thing. When I give you the nice house, I'm giving it to you for kingdom purpose. When I give you the nice car, I'm giving it to you for kingdom purpose. As long as you are not aligned with kingdom purpose, I don't care. I mean, think about it seriously. Why? I mean, he already owns everything. Why would Jesus need to die for you to get a car? When there are people who don't know Jesus and they're getting cars. There are people who don't know Jesus and they have private jets, they have mansions, they have the best. So that means you can get those things without Jesus. Because there are people who have them without Jesus. So for God to come from heaven and die for a car, for a house, no wonder the Bible says, eh? if we who are in Christ, hmm? if we who are in Christ, eh? have him only for this life, eh? we are of all men most miserable. Basically it's saying, Banangi, eh? Oba wakuba bari. Baba Because if Christ is only for now, Aye, aye, aye. That's why I have a problem with dominion theology. We are going to take over in the financial, in the economic, in the political, in the social. 
We are going to take over. My friend, the people who take over without Christ, there has to be more to it than this. Yeah? Solomon built amazing monuments. They talk about the palace he built. Eh? It was something else. He built a temple. It was a wonder. Huh? And today there is no evidence of any of the things he built. We see the pyramids. True. Does any of us even know the name of any of the pharaohs who built them? They have no value in the light of eternity. Hallelujah. One of the things I've observed in in the U.S. is they're always moving forward. Hmm? So you see a building and it looks really magnificent. And then you find they're knocking it down and building an even taller one. And even better. Hmm? But when they built it first, it was the most impressive one around. So if we keep our focus on these things here, we have all made most miserable. That's why he says, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. Does that mean we are going to be broke? No, it doesn't. But you don't let those things rule your life. You don't sit there and you lose your peace because your neighbor bought an S-class and you you are still in a Toyota. You realize this stuff is dust. Vanity. Amen. Amen. By the way, I pray for everyone in breakthrough. All of us at some point must travel overseas. Amen. Do you know why? You need exposure. You need exposure. When you are here, where a car is a miracle, eh? until you go to a place where a car is a normal day necessity. Hmm? You would look and you say, bond. It's still five years old. Eh? <laughs> then you go to the US and you buy a brand new car and you are the first one to own it and drive it and everything. Eh? And after a week, eh, you realize eh, it is just a car. It has wheels and a steering wheel and a gear like all other people's cars. <laughs> When I first got this phone, this is a Google Nexus 6P. That was three years ago. Man, this was the hottest phone around. Man, now eh? it's obsolete. And some people ask me, they're like, but you live in the US. They expect me to come back every year with a new phone. My friend, their souls perishing. Their souls perishing. And I buy a new phone. Do you know? These phones are about, what, $800 or so? Yeah? You know, that's the cost of doing a yes we come meeting. Huh? 2.5. You've done a meeting, and people are healed, people are delivered, or you've bought a phone. May God change our mindset. I remember one time, we were planning a mission to India, and this guy said, for thirty thousand dollars, you can do. We can have a crusade of a hundred thousand people. I said, "Huh? Thirty k." To put it in proper words for the people in the church, I told them, "You know what? For the cost of a Nissan Altima, we can save a hundred thousand souls." Because I knew many of them had Nissan Altimas. 
you had to put it in words they get. And so your mindset must change. And so he said, first your mindset can change. Because when your mindset changes, and God now knows that here is, the, here is this guy, these things are no longer an issue for him. He can now trust you with them because he knows they are going to be used for kingdom purpose. So he said to them, I will build my church on this revelation, the revelation of Jesus. Your mind will be changed. Your thinking will be changed. You will align to what I want. Your desires will align to my desires. And now, after you've come to that place, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Because some of you, if they gave you the keys today, you will kill everyone. The one who cuts in front of you will die instantly. The boss who is a bit rude to you will die tomorrow. He looks at you and he says, this one is not yet ready for Bisumuruzo. Because the moment I give them keys, they are going to destroy everything around them. In a moment of anger, they will destroy the whole world. So he looks at you and he says, first, you need to be established on the rock of this revelation. Get the revelation of Christ. Get the revelation of his heart. Get the revelation of his desires. And get conformed to his likeness. Then he says, now I'm going to hand you the keys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And with these keys, he says, now with these keys, you will bind here on earth and automatically. In heaven, it's already done. You lose, and automatically, in heaven, it's already done. Do you know the kind of power he gives? There is a passage I had never paid attention to in John 20. Jesus gave these guys crazy power. Do you know what he told them? He told them, whatsoever, whosoever sins you remit will be remitted. Whosoever sins you retain will be retained. Can you imagine giving me a man the power? To literally decide if someone goes to hell or goes to heaven. <laughs> Read that. It's in John 20. After he breathes on them and says, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He says to them, whosoever sins you retain, they shall be retained. Whosoever sins you remit, they shall be remitted. Can you imagine that kind of authority? But as they had walked with Jesus for three and a half years, they had come from the place of, shall we call down fire? You know, there was that point, eh? they are rejecting us. Shall we call down fire from heaven like Elijah? Most of you are still there. That guy has offended me. I'm going to call down fire. To consume them. If I be a man of God. Let fire come from heaven and consume you. And the Lord says, eh, you do not know what kind of kingdom you are of. Ay, 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 ay. Some of us, if, if we had been interested with the keys we have now, then, ah, I'm telling you, eh, 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 we would have destroyed everything in our path. But by the power of the Holy Ghost, 
He has been working in us and transforming us. Such that now you get offended and you smile at someone. Something has worked in you. Something has changed you. Someone comes and does something so annoying and you respond with love. Because there is a change that has just happened within you. Hallelujah. Something has just changed. They do all sorts of things and you're just like, ah. Look at them. You're like, Jesus, forgive them, my father. They do not know what they're doing. Hallelujah. When you find someone who is still willing to spit fire and destroy every enemy around them, eh? Hallelujah. The only enemy I am assigned to destroy is the works of the devil. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Nowhere does it mention people. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Things are changing in you. Your mind changes. Your understanding changes. You stop fighting people. You deal with the demons using them. You look at them and you're like, you're doing this because what we chizimu e chukutawanya. Kankuwe chizimu chinosoburo kusumurua. Hallelujah. Look at how Jesus deals with Paul, called Saul of Tarsus. He's killing his people. And when he shows up, what does he do? He delivers him. Says, I am Jesus who you're persecuting. Says, Go. Then he tells the Ananias and says, there is a man called Saul. Go to a street called Straight. Very interesting, that one. Go to a street called Straight. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to a street called Straight. There you will find a man called Saul. Ananias also says, hey, but you. Do you know what that guy has done to us? That guy has thrown us in jail. He has had us stoned. And says, ah, I have an assignment for him. And I have showed him the things he must suffer for my sake. And the man becomes literally the foremost apostle. That's how the kingdom functions. The kingdom does not come that we react and then destroy. No, it comes we embrace and transform. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to be breaking down these keys over the next coming Sundays. What are the keys of the kingdom of heaven? What is it that binds and unbinds? What are these specific keys? And how do we apply them and use them effectively? Amen. But today I wanted to lay a foundation so we understand why certain things don't happen yet. God is sparing you. There are certain miracles he hasn't given you yet because if he gave them to you, they would destroy you. Some of you, if God gave you cars right now, you would be splashing on us when it rains. And you'd become so arrogant, you'd be unapproachable. Hey! Some of you, 
If God gave you a lot of money, you conclude right now, I will tell you level young. They're not at my level anymore. I must associate with the ones who are at my level. So God looks at you and says, Ojiro kakana. Now remember, the anointing came upon David and he was anointed king. Immediately after he was anointed king, when he shows up at the battlefield to bring food to his brothers, what do they say? What do you want here, you? Come to carry rumors again. Poor boy has been sent to bring them food. And to check on them. And you ask yourself a question. This is David. After he has done, after he is done, eh, the guy goes back to herding sheep. Because God's still preparing him in the wilderness. He's still teaching him things. He still has to kill some bears, some more bears, some more lions. Amen. He's in the school of the wilderness. Even when he flees to the cave of Adulam, God did not send him champions. Says the ones who were broke, the ones who were distressed, the ones who were discontented. Basically, all the failures in life joined David in the cave at Adulam. With all of his anointing, all the failures came. The anointing attracts failures. Then you read at the end of David's life and they say, here are David's mighty champions. And then they begin to list their great deeds. Hmm? This one went into a pit on a snowy day and he killed a lion with a club. The other one, he held a spear against 300 men and he killed all of them. The other one, he had a sword and he fought until the sword stuck to his hand and he, he, he had a great victory. These three, David said, I would like to drink from the way that Bethlehem. And they broke through the armies and they brought him a drink. He's like, ooh. What happened to the guys who were failures? What happened to the guys who were discontented? What happened to the guys who everyone had written off? The anointing upon David's life turned them from failures into champions. You want God to do something with you? Look for the broken ones. Look for the ones everyone has discarded on the rubbish heap. Look for the ones who everyone has said they are nothing. They will never amount to anything. Then we shall know if what you carry is real. Amen. Amen. But if you come, if only those who are already accomplished come and join you, what have you added to them? No, you're just a rotary club of Christians. You know you don't join rotary when you're broke. Yeah, rotary is for bloated guys. <laughs> Some places are rotary club of Christians. When you show up and you don't fit among them, it's even very clear. It's very clear. You don't fit among us properly. So, fix yourself eh? and then come. But the anointing of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the anointing of the Holy Ghost. When it comes on your life, it should begin to change you. After it has changed you and you've come to the place where Jesus can look at you and say, I can trust you. 
I can trust you with this. I can trust you with the anointing. I can trust you with more money. Because when you get it, you're not going to be eating in Sheraton every day. No. You're going to be thinking about the ones who are hungry. You're going to be thinking about those who need help. Does that mean he doesn't want you to eat in Sheraton? No. But he's saying your priorities will be set right. Hallelujah. You know, after getting some of these things, you realize they're very empty. Very empty. When we were coming over, I had some money on me. Good money. And, you know, KLM sends me a message and says, you know, you can upgrade to business for this much. Yeah? And I looked at the money and I, I could pay it and upgrade, you know? And sit in business class and stretch out and sleep and what? And they bring you proper cutlery and a five-course meal. Then I asked myself a question. I said, yeah, sure, I could do that. But I could take that money down and do something more useful with it. I could change a life with this $200, $300. It's a million shillings. It can make a big difference. Yes. Or I can decide to splurge for a few hours. When your mindset changes... Hallelujah. You ma- then God looks at you and says, Now I can give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the kingdom of God is within you. And after it has taken over, then you can be handed the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is where he dwells. In heaven, whatever he decrees happens instantly. There is no resistance in heaven. Because the devil and his angels were kicked out of heaven. There is no resistance in heaven. Everything simply happens. So he takes you to the place where now you operate. At the place of decree. And it's established. Some of us are walking around saying, You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. And then we are wondering, Hey, but we have been decreeing for the whole year. And nothing is being established. And he's looking at you and saying, yes, the kingdom of God hasn't yet reigned in you. So you cannot yet be trusted with the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Like first guru. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So as we keep growing in the kingdom of God, as the kingdom of God keeps expanding in us, because it says the kingdom of God is like a loaf of bread, of which yeast was put inside, and it spread until it covered the whole loaf. So he's saying, look, this kingdom, eh, it is not instant, because when yeast is put in, eh, it spreads gradually, until it covers the whole loaf. Tell your neighbor, I am in process. Tell them again, I am in process. Something is being done in me. I am headed somewhere. God is doing a work in me. The process is in, is in progress. Hallelujah. The process is in progress. Don't rush me. Don't rush me. And don't judge me by what you see now. Because I am headed to a good place. I'm headed to a wonderful place. Hallelujah. Amen. 
The kingdom is advancing in you. You are learning how to extend grace every day. Hmm? Josh, amen. amen. <laughs> I identify with Josh. At one time, I was exactly like Josh. Hallelujah. I used to be impatient. I couldn't understand why people are not serious. <laughs> then I learned to extend grace. I learned how to just say, Lord, I know you're working. Let me just trust you. I will keep loving them. Hallelujah. And I see some products of extension of grace around here. Amos, Amos say amen. <laughs> ah, Amos needs to stand up. People, you need, you need to see Amos. Amos stand up. Ategeka. Do you see how nice that haircut of his is? Eh? Huh? Do you see how clean the jeans are and the t-shirt? Eh? Hmm? Do you see how nice the boots are? Eh? Ah, that's not the Amos I met a couple of years ago. Hmm? You look at him now and you want to do business with him. God has worked in him. Hallelujah. He's different from who he was. Ah, shakarabo sobre tekata. Hmm? Emma here. Emma used to have the most change you have ever seen. <laughs> he's very different today. Yes. Hey, and today he's in a suit. Hey? He looks like a pastor. <laughs> he really looks like a musumba. You almost want to give him the pulpit instead. God has worked in him. Amazingly. Hmm? Look at Michael. Now he prays for people to get healed. Yes. And miracles are happening. Benji walks a miracle life. That's what God's doing. And there will come a time in when most of you are sitting here, the, the ones who are sitting here, eh? there is coming a time when we are very big and you are the church elders. And you are telling stories of, do you know when we started in the tent? And people are looking at you and they don't even believe. <laughs> eh? Isaac, I just come here The problem is when people don't get the heart of Christ. When they become bakadeva kanisa, they become basadukai. Hmm? They become the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They don't remember where they came from. They're judging other people for being what they once were. They can't remember that at one time they too were exactly like that. Ha. <laughs> and that's why you see here we emphasize eh? faith and grace. Not grace alone and not faith alone. Faith and grace. The word and power. Because there are people who are in the word only until they become scribes. Hmm? They become scribes. They can quote from Genesis to Revelation, but it is a fountain of legalism. No life in it. You see it. Huh? But we extend grace. Hmm? You get 
you get pregnant kale eh kale you got pregnant out of wedlock mm. it is bad and we we'll make sure you know it's bad then after we we'll ask how can we help you that's grace we don't ostracize you and tell you vamo kanisa uh uh-uh. we welcome you we tell you actually this is when you need to come more keep coming keep coming huh? because god is working in you just as he's working in us I know I'm telling you I don't want to still be who I am today next year. I must be different next year. There must be something God has done in me between now and next year. There must people must be able to look at me and say he, he's not the same guy I saw last year. God has taken him to another level. People should be able to look at you and you used to be stressed about every little thing then they find you and they realize these days you have a peace and a calmness about you something has happened something has changed in you hallelujah that is the work of the word and the holy spirit the word because you need the foundation and the holy spirit as he works in you these are some of the keys of the kingdom they're working in you until you get to that place where now you begin to decree a thing and it is established instantly some of you the reason god can't show you the other prophetic and show you everything from 19 something of someone's life is the first thing you will do is say it all in public so that they can see that you are a prophet <laughs> you know i've been to prophetic meetings and i, I see immature prophets you come You are cheating on your wife. I'm like, but seriously, you just destroyed the guy's marriage while we are looking. Hallelujah, amen. So God is working in us. There is a process that is happening, and as the process happens, He keeps entrusting you with more and more and more and more. And sometimes when He entrusts you, He realizes to not walk on a circle in the car. Na kuba muka pose kuba yakuwadde motoka no sarawo bana ina koze motoka sina go entwala kolero Is a friend of mine gave me a lift in Island Cruiser So I remember that day it was some years ago I came and you know you you get into the car and the guy told me net danet danet dasiwe bati we bayingire motoka yange soko furume Osoka notekayo kuguru kumu then uliokoleta okula na tena maraga jibukira bubukize Gaina nechi wero chosoko ku wiping under the, the, the shoes Then he proceeded to tell me waruobe sitwala kubange moto kambana akajoza na juzize mitwale satu ateka kati uno ajitudde mwakati and as looking at him and as the, and he's sounding so serious and people are listening and in my mind i'm thinking oh to sasire yes because the car is more important than people the systems are more important that's what happens to us sometimes i know we have, it's 11 now we need to close but that's what happens to us sometimes we grow and then the system becomes more important than the individuals in the system Some people are so passionate about lost souls that they lose sight that the souls are individuals. It becomes statistics. A thousand got saved. 2000 got saved. 
But in the midst of 2,000 getting saved, you oppressed everyone around you to do the crusade. You've lost sight of the individual. You only see the big picture. They are just cogs in a wheel. You've lost sight of the whole big picture. You don't see, you don't see Mukisa and Isaac and peace. No, you just see a congregation. This Sunday we had a hundred. Last Sunday we had three hundred. They are just numbers on a piece of paper. You've lost sight of these are individuals. They have likes, they have desires, they have struggles, they have and you need to relate with them at that level. Hallelujah. Breakthrough Fellowship meets every Wednesday in Lunguja. For more information, call or WhatsApp 704 89